You are listening to a podcast from Influence Church. We hope it encourages and empowers you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Enjoy the message. so good to have you with us in church this morning. If this is your first time in church, you've picked a great Sunday to come to church for the first time. Uh, not because of a free breakfast, not because it's a day where it's socially acceptable to eat chocolate for breakfast, not because it's a day where you get a weekend where you get a four-day weekend, a double bank holiday weekend, but because it's a celebration of the day that changed the world forever. That's why we're celebrating today. That's the reason that we have to celebrate on Easter Sunday, the day that changed the world forever. Friday, Friday was about sacrifice. Saturday was filled with silence, but Sunday is filled with celebration. Sunday is filled with a celebration because of the salvation that was made possible for us because of the cross. We don't just celebrate a God. We don't just worship a God who was willing to die as if that wasn't enough, if, if, as if Good Friday wasn't enough. But we don't just worship a God who was willing to die, but one who was able to rise again. One who was able to defeat the grave. The one who loved us enough to lay down his life, but was powerful enough to conquer death. Let's ground ourselves in our celebration this morning. This is Luke chapter 24 from verse 1. It says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. That's the reason behind our celebration today. The reason that is beyond all of the traditions, that is far greater than, than all of the chocolate, that, that goes beyond just the, the traditions and the celebrations. It's the reason behind everything else that we celebrate, not just today, it's the reason behind every celebration we ever have as Christians is because of the Resurrection Sunday. And so today we celebrate the day that changed the world forever. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has Risen. What we celebrate today is an empty cross and an empty grave. It's good enough. It would have been good enough to celebrate his willingness to go on the cross, but we celebrate the empty cross, the empty grave. We worship a God that didn't just love us enough to pay the price, but who was powerful enough to defeat death, to conquer the grave. Come on, let's pray for a moment that we would get a deeper revelation this morning because some of us are really familiar with this. But let's jump to our feet for a moment and let's pray, every single one of us, that God would reveal himself to us today. God, we thank you today that we come on Celebration Resurrection Sunday, Lord, to celebrate what you accomplished for us. God, we thank you for your willingness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your sacrifice. But God, we're overwhelmed today with a celebration of your greatness, of your authority. Jesus, we thank you. Your word tells us that all authority in heaven 
heaven and earth has been given to you. And today is the day we know that to be true because we celebrate, God, not just your death, but your resurrection. God, we thank you that you defeated death so that we could find life. Would you help us today to get a, get a greater understanding? Would you help us to take the blinkers off, open our minds and our hearts, God, to receive something from, give us fresh revelation today on this Easter Sunday, the day that changed the world forever. We thank you that you are still changing lives today. And God, we're open to you today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can grab your seats. We've been thinking a lot over the last few weeks as we've been preparing for Easter. Didn't the guys do a fantastic job with some of the videos and the special features that you've seen this morning? And we've been thinking, that's right, and we've been thinking about many different things associated with Easter. And as I was spending some time preparing this week, I thought, well, Easter, here's a word that we don't often talk about. Easter is a, it's a familiar word. Familiar word. There's not many of you this morning. I would guess if we went around and spoke to every person that walked through the doors of church today, they would have some familiarity with Easter. Now, of course, within a congregation this size and of all our different ages and backgrounds and experiences and everything else, of course, some would have more familiarity than others. Some would have a really deep understanding of Easter. Some would have a, perhaps a more recent or a more surface understanding of Easter. Some would have had a, a theological experience of what Easter is about. Others of us have got a chocolate theology when it comes to Easter. And, and you can have both. That's a good, that's a good thing to have. Uh, some of us um, are filled with just uh, the kind of um, traditions, the family traditions or the church traditions. Some of you have got a more rich cultural traditions from different nations, different backgrounds, different walks with God. And all of that is fine, because all of us have some familiarity. Even if you knew nothing of what Easter is about, you would at least, I would suggest, have some familiarity with the word through, through social media, through advertising, through supermarkets, anything. We would have this understanding, some familiarity of Easter. And that's okay, because we love having a church that's full of people of all different ages and stages and backgrounds and nationalities and cultures and, and preferences. We love that's the rich tapestry of, of the church. But what's really important for us is that for every one of us, what, that, what I want to do this morning is not give you an education about Christmas, but help us to try and understand what is your place in the story. What's your place in the story? However familiar or unfamiliar you, you are this morning, what is your place in this story? That's important for everyone, whether you're in church for the very first time, whether you're a kind of Easter junkie that just comes around kind of once a year because there's always free food available at an Easter service, or, or maybe you come twice a year, we call you seasonal celebrators, Christmas and Easter. So whether you're a seasonal celebrator, whether you're in church for the first time, whether you've been to more Easter services than you can remember, it's still so important for every one of us on that scale to know what's my place in the story. What's your place in, in the story that we're celebrating today. You know, I was thinking in some time this week about some of the fictional stories and some of the, uh, some of the tools that people use, authors, when you think back to children's books, that try and help you to be involved in those fictional stories. That when you're reading books as a kid, there are different tools that they do to try and, whether it's just good writing, whether it's illustrations that are written in the books, things to try and help you to get your greater understanding of a fictional story. And so you, you read those books. Um, when I was growing up, there was those choose your own adventure books. Anyone who remember these? 
Oh, these were the pinnacle of books at the time. I'm talking like late 80s. Choose your own adventure books where it wasn't just you read it from start to finish, but there's choices. Who knew you could have choices within the book? You get to a certain part and say, okay, here's the hero of the story. Does he turn left and does he turn right? And you're like, wow, left or right? These are big choices. What am I going to do? Does he defeat the boss or does he not defeat? And so you had, if, if you want to turn left, turn to page 7. If you want to turn right, ooh, turn to page 15. You're like, what's going on on page 15? And so they're trying to draw you into the story. Perhaps a more basic understanding um, of, of those books that try and bring you in is a pop-up book. Anyone remember pop-up books? Uh, we always had many pop-up books in our house that seemed to have various bits pulled off them. I remember one that had an Eiffel Tower with just the top of it ripped off the Eiffel Tower. Like, I'm not sure if that was like an anti-French protest or what was happening. But pop-up books that try and bring, spring to life something in, in, into the world where you're reading. And then a few years ago, some of you will be familiar with this technology. They introduced something called augmented reality. Anybody heard of this? Before, not many, not many. Uh, you might, it was most popular, this isn't the point I'm making, but it was most popular with that whole Pokemon Go thing. That it, it uses, it's kind of integrated um, interactive technology. So it, it combines some real world things with some, um, with some computer generated graphics. So when it was Pokemon Go, you'd walk around looking through the lens of your camera. You might say, oh, well, I'm just looking at the front row. And then suddenly next to Pete, like, oh, there's a Pokemon right there. There's a, um, tell me a Pokemon. There's a Pikachu right next to Pete. Or there's a Charmander over here sat on the chair next to Haley. And you're like, is that an ed? Is that a demon over there? No, it's just a Pokemon. Okay, I saw it. And, and so it, it's, it's interactive technology. And, and, but before that was kind of more advanced, I remember when, when my boys were, younger. Uh, I think Asher was about four or five years old. Somebody gave him for Christmas a Guinness World Record book, and they're always a great gift to get. And But this one was the first time that they'd integrated the augmented reality technology into the book. And this was kind of new to us. We had an iPad, and so it said, download this app. And then on certain pages that you would turn to, you're like, if you'd like to see some real-world experience of this Guinness World Record, click on this, you know, scan this QR code or whatever it was. And this was brand new technology to us at the time. We downloaded the app. We're like, what does it mean? And we turned to this page. It was something like um, some record about the world's smallest man. And it's like, scan here if you want to see more. And we're like, okay. We'll scan here. So we took the iPad, we scanned it, and I remember where we were in his bedroom, and then suddenly through the iPad lens, it looked like the world's smallest man was dancing on Ash's bed. <laughs> suddenly he's there because you can see the real world, you can see the bedroom, and then suddenly there's this man, and you're like, whoa, this is some kind of Jumanji-type strange experience going on. I understand now why they close the thing, they lock it away, they bury the chest forever. And we're like, what on earth is this? Because augmented reality wasn't just about bringing you into the story. It was about bringing the story into your room. And you're like, no, thank you. Close the book, put it away. We're not ready for this technology yet. Freaked us out at the moment because it felt like there was this man, I think he was from India, suddenly dancing on my five-year-old's bed. And you're like, there's something not right about this technology. But I understand that the process of trying to bring us into the story or trying to bring the story into, into your world. And as we approach when Easter comes around every year, the phrase that we often use when we're talking about this weekend is we talk about the Easter story. Now, I understand why we use those words linguistically. That is correct to talk about the, the Easter story. But I think somehow it, 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 it lacks in its power because what we're celebrating this weekend is not a fairy tale. It's not a tall tale, but it's truth. It's truth that is still changing lives 
today, that the Easter story isn't some fictitious account that's trying to bring us in like an augmented reality book. This is something that truly has the power to bring transformation and powerful change into your life when we allow ourselves to understand our place in the story. That's why I loved hearing Nikki's testimony this morning. Because what she was doing was talking about something that is very real for her life in, in this year, in this season. And yet it was powerfully connected to the cross from 2,000 years ago. And this room is filled with people who have stories like that. The power of the testimony was not just what happened, but, but who was involved in the story. That that healing came that that peace came, that that purpose was found not by something of our own strength, but by connecting a story that happens in 2023 and realizing it's the same story that was told at the cross. This morning, what, what we could do, it would take forever, but we could take little scarlet threads and we could tie them to the cross and we could take that to Nikki and say, okay, well, her story, that's connected to the cross. And then somebody else over here, they've got a story and we're going to connect that to the cross. And imagine the mess and the chaos that would be in this room, but it would represent something for us of the power of the cross. That it wasn't just one story that was being told, but it's millions of stories around the world that are still being told today of the difference of the cross. That's why testimony is so powerful, because it helps us to understand that this isn't just a historic event, but this is still changing history today. It's still changing my life today. Many of you could tell that story of the difference that it has made in your life. See, the cross is the center point of the Christian faith, because it was the cross that changed everything. Everything changed because of what took place at the cross. And so we can never just relegate it to a historic event. We're not celebrating just an anniversary today. We're celebrating something that is still changing lives today. It happened many years ago, but it's happening is as real today as it was then. And so for us to understand something of the power of the cross, we have to understand something of its purpose. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 18 says, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. The message of the cross to those who don't understand it, to those who just pass by it, to those who relegate it to an event that happened in history or an anniversary that we celebrate, a date in a diary that means we can eat chocolate for breakfast and we get a four-day weekend. To those who have missed the understanding, it's, it's foolishness. But to those who have stories like Nikki's, it's the power of God. To those who are being saved, to those who have opened their lives to the power of the cross, they've understood that there is incredible purpose that comes from the cross. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. To understand the power, we have to understand the purpose. The purpose for the authorities at the time, 2,000 years ago, Jesus wasn't the only one to hung on a cross because the purpose for the authorities 2,000 years ago is that the cross was an instrument of punishment, And yet God turned around the purpose to use it for his plan. That's the goodness of God. That's the greatness of God who can work all things together for those who love him. That he can take something that everybody else thought was for one purpose and say, let me utilize this 
for a kingdom purpose. See, we operate in a natural realm, but we serve a supernatural God. And so God had a plan for all of mankind to be in relationship with him, not just now here on earth, but for eternity. That actually your life exists here on earth, but yet there's an eternity that we don't fully understand because we could never fully understand because we could never wrap our heads around what an eternity looks like. But God's plan for us is not just here on earth, but for eternity, that we will be in a relationship with him, that we would know the peace, the joy, the security, the purpose that comes on earth and for eternity. But that plan had been interrupted. See, God longed to be in connection, close connection with those he had created. But the Bible tells us that right at the beginning, just like every one of us, no matter how much we try to be better, we try for perfection, we try not to make the same mistakes. Well, it didn't take Adam and Eve long to to mess up and sin entered the world. And suddenly, because of God's perfection and our brokenness, there was this gap that appeared that we couldn't be in that relationship that God desired for us. And in the Old Testament, they tried many ways through sacrifices to get close to God. They would have to bring sacrifices, whether it was sacrifices of animals or grain or wheat, because a price had to be paid in order to receive the forgiveness and get a little bit closer to the perfection of God. But it broke God's heart that this gap had appeared. And that's why the cross changed everything. The cross changed everything for us because the purpose of the cross was as Jesus paid the ultimate price, as he became the ultimate sacrifice, it meant that we could find the ultimate freedom. It meant that we could find that forgiveness, that freedom, that fullness of life that Jesus talked about in the Gospels. That could only be happening through a relationship with God. And so he became the sacrifice to set us free. He paid the price so that we didn't have to. There's a verse that many of you all know, a familiar verse again in John chapter 3, verse 16, that just paints for us so beautifully the purpose of the cross. Because it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. See, it paints a picture for us far beyond what we can understand because it's not just about something that happens here on earth, but it's about an eternal purpose. You see, the purpose of the cross was freedom from a lost eternity. The purpose of the cross was forgiveness for all of the mess, all of the mistakes, all of the sins that we do so many times that would separate us from God. The purpose of the cross was freedom. The purpose of the cross was forgiveness. The purpose of the cross was for us to experience the fullness of life that is only available through a relationship made possible by Jesus. And so if that was the purpose, freedom, forgiveness, and the fullness of life, if those were the purpose, the question is, what's your place in that story? What does it mean to you? What difference does it make in your life? As we prepared for this Easter weekend, I spent some time studying all four of the gospel accounts 
of the original Easter story. You can read in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it's recorded by four different men. And so it's exactly the same story that is being told, but you see it from different points of view. You see it from different perspectives. You see some different people that are involved in the story. They're not telling a different story, but you're allowed, as we're privileged to be able to study the Word of God and see it from different points of view. Say, well, how does it affect this person? And what was going on in this person's life? And what difference did it make to this person? We draw through Scripture on some of the different people and how they found their place in the story. And as we reflect for ourselves today on on this Easter Sunday, on what does that mean for me? What's my place in the story? As I studied those Scriptures, I thought there's three reactions here and there's many more that we could have looked at. But three reactions from Scripture to the cross that we see written for us in the Gospels and provokes us to ask the question, well, what's my response? What's my reaction? Is it like these people or is there a different story being told for me? The the first response that we see to the cross is there were many who ignored it. Many who completely ignored it. Some mocked, some shouted, Some just passed by, and you see this in all four gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that there were people who were present and yet in complete ignorance to the power of the cross. Some of them just passed by. It was just another crucifixion taking place. Remember, this was a a punishment that happened on, on many times, so some just thought it's just another thing. It's just another day. Like there'll be people walking past church this morning. I love standing on the doors. People are coming in, particularly on an Easter Sunday. Such a great atmosphere of faith, such a great enthusiasm. And yet there were some people who are welcomed with a smile and they just walked on past this morning. Because it's just another Sunday. It's just another church service. And there were many people who walked past the cross and thought, that's got nothing to do with me. Some stopped and mocked. Some stopped knew something about the story, but had no personal revelation of its power. And so they just, who are you? Try and save yourself now. Are you truly the king of the Jews? I bet you can do nothing. And they stood and they mocked. They had complete ignorance to it. They had somewhat of an awareness, because you could not have an awareness. Yet they had awareness, but no understanding. And the fact that you're in church today would suggest that you're probably not one of these people. The fact that you're here, even if you have just a a surface level, even if you just got that chocolate theology about Easter, you're in church this morning. So it means there's some level of understanding, yet all of us will have people in our lives who are just like those who, who ignore it. And part of our response to the cross is to help reveal the purpose of the cross to them so they don't miss out, so that they don't continue to walk in darkness, but have an awareness of the light that was shone through the cross. Some ignored it. But some were moved. Some were moved by the cross in in three different gospel accounts. It was Matthew, Luke, and Mark. We read about the centurion. Some of you will know about the centurion. He was just a Roman soldier. He was on duty that day. He wasn't there for the Messiah. He was just there because he had a responsibility. He stood guard with many of his other soldiers, and it was their job to stand guard over the crucifixions, not just of Christ, but of others who had been pers- others who had received the same punishment. And Centurion was standing guard just another day on duty. He stood by as the crucifixions took place, undoubtedly had witnessed many deaths before, but he recognized that there was something different going on today. Of all the things he had seen before, of all those who he had seen suffer on a cross before, he recognized there was something 
different because at the moment that Jesus died, and Scripture tells us that at the moment he died, the earth shook. And in Matthew chapter 27, it tells us, and not just the centurion, but all those who were with him. So his whole battalion, his whole regiment that stood with him on duty over the three crucifixions that day, they said this, surely he was the son of God. So they were moved in this moment. That that moment they were moved, but they realized, okay, I've been moved, but I've missed out. See, maybe they'd heard the reports of Jesus. Maybe they'd heard, they'd seen the miracles taking place in their cities. They'd heard about, uh, about the, the gatherings that had started to happen, people surrounded by Jesus. But they recognized at this moment, okay, there was something different here. They were moved, but they missed out. Moved in their feelings, but not in their actions. And that's true for many people in our world today. That as we celebrate this Easter weekend, as they see the images of the cross that are plastered across social media and, and all these different places, they're moved perhaps in their feelings, but some aren't moved in their actions. They know the Easter story. They're moved, but they, they still miss out on the power of the cross. And the third group that I, that I saw, and I want to talk about one man, is that they were changed by it. They were changed because of an encounter that took place at the cross. Their lives were transformed. They were completely unrecognizable because of something that took place. And just in the Gospel of Luke, we read about the two criminals who hung on the cross either side of Jesus. Both had been sentenced to crucifixions for crimes that as we see in the scripture we're going to read, they would agree that they, this was a, a punishment that was fitting for the crime that they had committed in terms of the law at the time. And here's what we read in Luke chapter 23 from verse 39. It says, One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Do you know, in all of the Easter services that we've had over the years and of all of the messages I've preached in different places, I don't think I've ever preached, particularly on an Easter Sunday, about this man before. And for some of us, it's, it's, it's hard when we read this scripture because this man doesn't fit our theological box. We read about this man who Jesus said, who, who, who confesses to Jesus, hey, Jesus, would you remember me? He understands who Jesus is, that he is the son of God, that he is going to build a new kingdom, that transformation is going to come because of the cross. And he says, hey, Jesus, would you remember me? And Jesus says, hey, today you will be with me in paradise. See, he doesn't really fit our theological box because you've got religious people asking lots of different questions about this man. Like, mm, did he ever go to church? Like, I didn't see him volunteering on the welcome team. Never once saw him in a blue t-shirt. Like, who is this guy? I'm not sure. Did he ever give in the offering? I didn't see him out the front. He could have been giving online. I don't know. But I never saw him giving. Like, did he ever do a DNA course? I'm not sure he even brought a tin of beans to the food bank. Who is this guy? Who does he think he is? See, we believe theologically about being saved by grace and not by works. 
and yet we get caught up sometimes in our religious traditions, in our religious customs. But, but here's a man who was changed because of an encounter at the cross. Here's a man where Jesus himself gives a guarantee of his eternal security. Today you will be with me in paradise. Here's a man who's completely transformed through accepting Jesus as the Son of God. He had just minutes to be able to enjoy his, his new identity on earth. Yet there was a whole eternity ahead of him of joy, of peace, of security, of celebration. Remember what we read before. John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The man on the cross, the criminal, who was being crucified for, under the law of the time, deeds that he deserved death for, was promised an eternity in Christ because he was a whoever. Whoever believes in him. And so what he should example for us is that we are never too far gone for an encounter with God. That nobody is too far gone to miss out on the plans and the purposes of God. That your story, as extreme as it might be, is still connected to the cross. That your story can still be transformed by the acceptance of what God did for us at the cross. And so the question for us today is, who are you in the whoever? Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Who are you? In the whoever. Will you ignore the cross today? Will it just be another seasonal celebration, another church service? Will you be present but not know the power and just ignore it? Will you be moved this morning? Moved in your emotions, moved by the songs, moved by even the physical representation of the cross, moved by a moment in a church service and say, wow, yeah, thanks, really moved me this morning. Well, I'm glad you've been moved, but that wasn't the purpose of this morning. Because many can be moved and yet not be moved into action. Or will you be changed this morning by an encounter with the cross? Many ignored some were moved, but this man's life was changed. And the transformation didn't finish with just that man because this room is filled with people who, if we gave them a chance, like we did for Nikki, could stand here and tell you their story. And even though it's happening in 2023, we could tie a thread in it and take it 2,000 years back to the cross and say, because of what Jesus did, this is how my life is now. This is the peace that I found today. This is the joy that I found today. This is the healing that I found today. Because it's connected. Because they didn't ignore it. They weren't just moved, but they were transformed. They were changed by the cross. And God's purpose for the cross, we talked about before, there's purpose. His purpose is that the cross becomes an invitation. And that's what I want to give you this morning, is an invitation Maybe to move from one to the other. Maybe you're here this morning, you would recognize with the, with the ignorance column. You say, I've been there for years. And I'm giving you an invitation this morning to understand 
the power of the cross for you. To discover your place in the story. To know who you are in the whoever believes in him. It's an invitation that whoever believes can be transformed. That whoever believes can find hope. That whoever believes can find security for eternity and peace on earth. And we want to give you that opportunity this morning. Why don't we just close our eyes right across the room. The reason that story that Nikki shared this morning was so powerful was not just because of what happened, but how she was changed. The difference that it has made, not just in a moment, but the difference that Jesus continues to make in her life. And that same transforming power is available to whoever believes. You're not disqualified this morning. You might think, if he only knew the things that I know about myself, if he only knew what I was doing just a couple of hours ago, never mind last night or last year, and, and maybe I don't know your story, but I know that the story of the cross is for you. That God so loved the world, and sometimes we lose ourselves in the size of that scripture, but that's why I wanted to focus on your place in the story this morning. Because God didn't just send his son for, for a world. He sent his world. He sent his son for you. That whoever you are, when you choose to put behind the life that you, that you had and say, God, I want a new life in Christ, then whoever you are, when you believe in him, you don't have to have a perishing eternity, but you can find purpose in your life because of Easter Sunday. See, we don't just celebrate that that he is risen. We celebrate today that hope has risen. We have hope, not because of a sacrificial Savior, but because of a risen Savior this morning. Because we know of the power that Jesus had in resurrection, we know that we can know that Jesus who conquered the grave, and there's nothing that we can't overcome when God is with us. So I want to give an opportunity for that invitation to be real for you this morning, for you to know your place in this story as not somebody who passed by, who not somebody who's just moved, but somebody who was changed by accepting Christ into their life, whoever believes in him. And if you're ready this morning to say, okay, I want to choose to believe in Jesus. I want to choose to put my trust in him. In a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that just by raising your hand and just making a, a declaration of faith this morning might only be, be the lifting of an arm, but actually you're making a declaration. Say, okay, include me in that story. Jesus, I want my life to be changed by putting my trust in you. And maybe you've never done that before. There's an opportunity for you. Maybe you know that I did that years ago, but I've become a passerby. I've been passing by. I've been going through the motions and the traditions, but it hasn't been a reality in my life. And today you're saying, Jesus, I want to come back into that relationship with you, whether that's for the first time or whether you're coming back, would you just raise your hand right now and say, Jesus, I choose to put my trust in you. That's really good. Anybody else this morning? That's great. Anybody else say, yeah, today is my day. On this Resurrection Sunday, I want to choose to put my trust in the living God. That's great over here and over here. Anybody else this morning? Thank you, God. Let's just take a few more moments because some people are plucking up the courage to say, yeah, that's me this morning. Come on, let's make a declaration of faith to say, Jesus, I don't want to miss out. 
I don't want to be moved, but not act. I want to know you today. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's stand this morning, church. In a moment, we're going to worship one more time. But as we stand, let's just take a moment as we close our eyes. I thought it was really powerful earlier. Pastor Soph was leading the service and said, let's take a moment after Nikki shared her testimony. Let's take a moment to remember why this is powerful for me. And I want to encourage you to do that right now. As we close our eyes this, uh, this morning, as we enter into a time of worship, let's take a moment to remember why we were moved in the first place and how we were changed by the cross. God, we want to thank you this morning for the cross that took place 2,000 years ago, for the power of the empty grave that proved to us that not only were you willing, but you are able to rise again. And God, we thank you that because we can attach our lives to you, because we can believe in you, because we can open our lives to receive you into our hearts, that God, that we know that when you are for us, who can be against us? That the same power that rose Christ from the grave lives in us now through the power of the Holy Spirit. God, we thank you that we are overcomers in Christ, that we are overcomers because of the resurrection Sunday. God, we acknowledge this morning your lordship in our lives. Help us to live today in response to the cross, to live in response to the empty tomb. Forgive us for the times when we've been like those who ignored and those who mocked and those who just passed by. God, give us a deeper revelation today of who you are, of the love that you have, not just for the world, but that you love that you have for each one of us. We want to know you today. We want to receive you today. I'm just going to pray a prayer right now, and particularly for those who raise their hands, but to make it not awkward, let's all pray this prayer this morning. Lord Jesus, on this Easter Sunday, I thank you that you are willing to die for me, that you loved me enough to go to the cross. Help me to be changed today because of your love. Thank you for the forgiveness I find at the cross. Thank you that I'm set free from my old life. And I have a new life in Christ Jesus. I choose to live for you from this day forward. And live in response to the empty tomb. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. you for listening to this podcast from Influence Church. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Influence Church, empowering you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God.